in partnership with The Morning Chalk Up and part of The Morning Chalk Up Podcast Network, this is the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I am your host and the Clydesdale. My friends are Amy Radowski, Charlie Odie, and Kat Shear. We are here to bring you the best interviews with the biggest personalities in the fitness world and CrossFit from all over the world. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and write a review. It's such a big help to our podcast. And with that, we're on to this week's episode of the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. RX Mark Your Jump Ropes, the best jump ropes in the business. Our title sponsor and such great support from them. You can get your RX Mark Your Jump Ropes by going to rxmarkier.com. At checkout, use Clydesdale15, all caps, and you can get 15% off your order. Uh, you can buy jump ropes of any color, shape, size, uh, the handles, you can make those whatever you want. You can get the cable at different weights um, and different lengths depending on your height. So check it out at rxmarkier.com. Use Clydesdale15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off your order. That does exclude new additions, new arrivals and special editions, but check that out. Uh, it's a great deal. In addition to that, they're also supporting our hashtag road to a thousand. If you subscribe to our YouTube channel, Clydesdale Fitness and Friends podcast, and you have a public profile, every time we hit the century mark with subscribers, we're giving away a brand new RX Mark Your Jump Rope. And Dave Newman, the owner of the company, has promised to throw in a couple extras uh, for that winner. So make sure you go over, subscribe, and uh, you have a public profile and me, you may be our next winner. Thanks. Okay, can we talk about the most delicious protein bars ever made? They have 20 grams of protein, no added sugar. The macros are phenomenal, like 200 calories. They are delicious, like a treat. Can't believe that the macros are the way they are and that the nutrients are what they are because they taste like a candy bar. Um, and I know my candy bars pretty well. I'm like a Snickers type of person. There's no aftertaste. They have so many flavors to choose from. If you don't, if you're not a fan of the caramel cashew, they've got salty peanut. They have a hazelnut nougat. They've got a chocolate dough, a crispy fudge, um, cookies and cream, white chocolate almond. They're all delicious, but check them out at bearbells.com and uh, try some for yourself. You won't be sorry. They're delicious. Totally awesome. Hey everyone, welcome to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends. My name is Scott Schweitzer. I am your host. I am the Clydesdale. We love to do fitness and these are my friends. I have my co-host Charlie with me and a very special guest and friend, Mike Malloy, founder of MT Performance Nutrition. Hey Mike, welcome. how's it going? Good. How are you guys doing? We're doing great. We're excited to talk awesome. to you. I know you're uh, a big player in the sport now, so we want to. Oh, I don't um, know about that, but <laughs> trying. <laughs> well, we have talked to a lot of athletes in the last few months that are working with you, um, and have said nothing but great things. So we definitely wanted to get you on, find out what you're doing, why you're so successful. But the first thing I want to know is like about you. How? Where did you grow up? What was your fitness like growing up, um, and and things like that. Yeah, for sure. So uh, I grew up in New England. I've spent most of my life here other than a, a two-year span where I lived in Washington, D.C. So I uh, grew up in Massachusetts outside of Boston. And um, yeah, so 
athletically and things of that nature, it's not exactly a human highlight, highlight reel. Uh, the sport that I was probably best at was skiing, but I played basketball, soccer. Um, I was pretty good at baseball until I tore my shoulder, um, oddly enough, for skiing. Um, and so, yeah, um, went off to college and came out of there. And right around 2008, so I graduated from college in 2004, right around 2007, 2008, I started to hear about this thing called CrossFit. Um, actually, you know, I was, it's such the, such the cliche story. Uh, I was sitting at my buddy's house, drinking a beer, uh, watching the Red Sox on like a Sunday afternoon and on his coffee table underneath my, my probably a, a Bud Light was a, a men's fitness magazine. And on the very back of it was like these online training programs. And one of them in like, you know, font 10, literally about the size of like a postage stamp was CrossFit, you know, high intensity, you know, training. And I was like, ah, I'll look at that when I get home. And so sure enough, um, you know, pulled up the website, saw some workouts on there, scrolled for about 10 minutes until I found one that I thought I could do, uh, which as everybody always does, it was Fran. So uh, for your listeners <laughs> not familiar, 2115, nine thrusters and pull-ups. Uh, went down to uh, Fit Corp gym with exactly zero bumper weights and you know proceeded to to have the same experience that everybody does the humbling realization <laughs> that you are not very strong and you are not at all fit um and so yeah so fast forward a couple of years uh, i was in grad school up at dartmouth college in new hampshire um competing in the sport i think in 2000 2009 all you had to do to make regionals was to sign up first um so i managed to do that uh, and in 2010 <laughs> there was this crazy thing called sectionals uh, which was sort of like a, a, a like a preview to uh, what was then regionals, and so qualified for that um, for a couple of years, and then tore my other shoulder, really my pec, um, and that was pretty much the end of the competitive the competitive CrossFit days. I was in grad school, had no meaningful health insurance or anything like that, and so uh, started to wind down the competitive career right around the same time the coaching career took off. So that's a mouthful, but that's my athletic accomplishments in a nutshell. So going back to Dartmouth, what did you study? Yeah, so I have a PhD in, uh, oddly enough, uh, immunology, where my base research was to, on, on viral <laughs> immune responses. Never thought I was going to use that again. Um, <laughs> thanks, folks. Yeah, probably hasn't used that uh, much very much. No, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so interesting to see that, that uh, part of my life come back into existence. Um, so yeah, so I studied my PhD in molecular and cellular biology. My real focus was on viral immunology, which is you know, so different from nutrition. But um, when I finished at Dartmouth, right around 2011, um, I took a, a postdoctoral fellowship at the National Institute of Health, uh, looking at uh, understanding gut biology uh, as it relates to the immune system, as it relates to nutrient status and things like that. Uh, vitamin deficiencies and um you know that was sort of the the first place that really got me starting to think about you know nutrition from uh, a research point of view and at the same time i was looking at re- uh, nutrition from a performance point of view for my own life you know um how can i utilize nutrition to make myself better within the sport of crossfit and so i applied all of the skills that i would learned in my phd and my postdoc about how to research these topics and kind of put it into this personal interest of mine. And what I quickly realized was that the nutritional field was um, just a disaster of bad studies and you know really bad science. People recommending things that had um, tons of bias and flaws in them. 
And so the training that I, you know, that, that I developed on, you know, immunology, which has very little to do really with nutrition for performance, simply allowed me to look at those studies and say, this one's high quality, this one's garbage, you know, and start to piece together, like, what is an optimal way to start to fuel for health, for aesthetics, and, perform and for performance. And around that time, you know, within the CrossFit space, everybody was so focused on um, like the paleo diet, right? Which uh, for those of you that are not super familiar with it, basically the, you know, the one sentence description would be, you know, eat as if you're a 10,000 year old ancestors ate. So, you know, no processed grains, no processed sugars, um, pretty much avoiding all of those types of foods. Um, and so, by nature, that tends to be a relatively lower carbohydrate diet. Um, it's not necessarily the goal, but it ends up being that way for a lot of people. And I was following it. I was probably unintentionally doing, you know, the ketogenic diet without even knowing it for a while and really feeling like, like crap. Um, and so I'm here, I am eating one way, reading all these studies, not on CrossFit, of course, in 2011, but on, you know, high intensity training sports, rowing, uh, you know, Wingate tests and things like that and seeing the evidence overwhelmingly point in the direction of carbohydrate-based fueling. You know, once you understand the science of anaerobic performance being exclusively fueled by carbs or glucose, it, the next logical step is to say, okay, I got to put more of these in my diet, you know? And so I start doing that. I start beating people that I probably had no business beating at workouts and in competitions. And next thing you know, people are asking me, Hey, what are you doing? Can you help me with my diet? You know, help me, you know, help me do what you're doing. And that was sort of the, um, the, the launching of performance-based nutrition coaching for me. So, so to, to answer me this, how do you go from research searching for your personal well-being and your personal performance to seeing an opportunity to be a full-time nutrition coach? Oh yeah. Uh, to be, to be clear, it was definitely a gradual thing. Um, so I definitely kept working within the, the immunology space for a long period um, and was really just working with a handful of kind of relatively local clients for a while. So here's, here's the story really quickly. Um, I was doing nutrition seminars for the general population at CrossFit gyms around New England, uh, mostly New Hampshire, a couple down in Massachusetts. And one of my buddies um, was running a performance-based sort of weekend, like a training camp at uh, CrossFit Free in Salem, uh, owned by uh, Brandon Peterson and another guy named Kevin O'Malley were running that seminar. And so Kevin's an old friend of mine. He said, hey, we need somebody to come talk about nutrition. Do you have any interest? And I said, sure, I'll come down. I'll talk for an hour. And, um, you know, I show up saying, you know, women should be eating more than 250 grams of carbs. The men should be over 400 grams. Everybody thinks I'm crazy. But uh, at the end of it, this um, young woman walks up to me and she introduces herself and she says, hi, I'm Tasia Persevich. It's nice to meet you. Um, I would love to talk to you at some point about helping me with nutrition. You know, I'm elite gymnast. I'm in the sport of CrossFit. Um, I don't really know what I'm doing. You know, I have a gymnast mentality eating. And I said, sure, like, let's get in touch. And um, it took a little while. Uh, Tasia would tell you, it took her bombing out at regionals that year for her to reach out to me and say, hey, I need some help. And um, that was one major avenue. And, you know, Tasia is now like almost a household name within the CrossFit sport. She's won the games twice with Mayhem. You know, she's podiumed at pretty much every major event you can think of and uh, is just generally an awesome person. So that was one avenue. About three, four weeks later, I get a call to do another nutrition seminar uh, down in Connecticut 
uh, with Jason Leiden, who runs CrossFit Milford. Um, Jason is uh, one of the best coaches within the sport of CrossFit and is really as about as OG as it gets. So he was the one hosting all of those competitions that I competed in back in 2010. Um, and so Jason put me in touch with some of his athletes from CrossFit Milford. He put me in touch with Danny Haran, Haley Adams. And so these two sort of trees of people um, helping me out started to grow like very organically uh, the athletes that I was working with. And so as Tasia started to see results, she introduced me to Mackenzie Riley, who introduced me to Carly Fewer, who introduced me to Nicole Holcomb. And so the story goes. On the other end, you know, Danny Haran and Haley introduced me to a whole slew of athletes from, you know, Vermont all the way down to New Hampshire, over to Dubai. And um, the thing just kind of like went from a side gig that was there to make me some extra spending money to uh, an opportunity that I needed to take, I needed to take full advantage of. And so um, M2 was formed uh, really, to be honest with you, if you out of necessity, uh, I was asked to be the nutrition export at Power Monkey Fitness Camp, which is this, you know, one week fitness festival down in uh, uh, Crossville, Tennessee, relatively near CrossFit Mayhem. And I wanted, didn't want to show up as just Mike. And so I said, all right, let's, let's form the company. Let's get this whole thing started. And, you know, four and a half years later, we've got, I think, 15, 16 coaches, you know, closing in on 700 full-time members. Uh, and we're over, I think we're over about 50 CrossFit Games athletes, a couple of pro athletes from other sports, Olympians and stuff like that. So <laughs> yeah, now it's like it just nonchalant, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so is M2 Mike Malloy, the two M's? Yeah. yeah you know, there's a lot of possibilities, but at the end of the day, it is just Mike Malloy, <laughs> M2. I thought about, you know, one of, you know, macros, um, you know, some other athletes that really were inspirational and in helping kind of get things started. Uh, there was just a lot of M's in my life. And I said, well, two, two sounds good. There was another like nutrition company out there called M6 at the time. So I didn't want to go too far down the numerical game <laughs> and get confused there. So uh, that's all it was. So uh, I was on your website and sure. you offer two different programs, a self-guided one and a one-on-one -on -one coaching platform. Yeah. Um, how did you come up with that idea? What did the self-guided thing come later? Cause yeah. you were, it sounds like you're really a one-on-one -on -one guy for a yeah, long time. For sure. So the one-on-one the -on -one thing was very organic and natural, you know, it's what I've always done. Um, the, the self-guided plans kind of came over as a result of two things. One is, you know, there are some robots out there that if I just tell them, Hey, eat 150 grams of protein, 65 grams of fat, 300 grams of carbs they're going to go out and hit those exact numbers day in and day out. And they don't need me to check in on them other than maybe once every couple of months, you know? And so that was designed to kind of fill that niche and to some extent to compete with other templated programs out there that I think are a little bit overly simplistic and perhaps not as performance focused as they can be. Um, and then the other aspect of it is, you know, one-on-one -on -one coaching, like I, I think I provide a relatively high, you know, high value program. And so it's not necessarily cheap. Um, and not everybody's going to be able to afford to have me check in with them, you know, a couple of times a week. But the, the self-guided programs really are designed so that, you know, anybody can make that purchase one time and then generate some form of accountability in their life. So oftentimes if somebody says, hey, I really like one-on-one -on -one coaching, but I can't afford it. I'll say, hey, go find a buddy. You know, the two of you are going to be your own nutrition coaches from an accountability point of view. You know, you're going to help keep Katie focused and Katie's going to help keep you focused. Um, and so that was sort of the other reason to kind of form uh, 
like these these self-led programs for lack of a better term. So really with one-on-one, um, and I'm gonna I'm actually going through one-on-one coaching right now sure. um, with with someone and like my macros change from week to week, depending on how my success to my goals or whatever they're going to be. Do you do that as well? Yeah. I mean, it's probably a little bit less than week to week, to be honest with you. I think, um, I think in general, for the most part, like there should be some longer term consistency to make sure results are, are, um, are really from the nutrition point of view and not being skewed by some other aspect in life, you know, sleep disruption, uh, stress, how much you're training, uh, there's a ton of different things that can cause results or hunger to fluctuate in either direction. And so by changing them all the time, I think you can kind of um, overinterpret, you know, results versus being a little bit more patient and waiting. And especially with women, um, more so than men, where, you know, the menstrual cycle comes into play. You know, if you, if you made judgment just upon, you know, a two week weight gain, you could easily get yourself into trouble simply because hormones are fluctuating. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so waiting and being a little bit more patient for me just works. Yeah. Yeah. The, I haven't had mine changed for 14 weeks and then finally had a change yeah. made. Um, but yeah, I, I just wanted to make sure that like you're, you're, I saw that you do like three check-ins a week generally with your one-on-one customers yep. and um, yes. And, but so you're involved all the time, making sure that everything is in line and biomarkers yeah. are the reading. Yeah. So the funny, I'll tell you this reason why we do three check-ins a week. Um, so, all right. So I used to just do one check-in a week and it was very sort of traditional formatted of, Hey, you know, I'm going to send you whatever, a Google Excel sheet. You're going to fill in these parameters. You're going to tell me how I feel. And we'll couple talk by email, text, phone once a week, and we'll make a decision about whether we're going to change anything. And some people made progress uh, and others were just stagnant, not really getting where they needed to get to. And, um, I picked up Mackenzie Riley and so Mackenzie messaged me about like 24 hours before I was about to get married. She's like, Hey, you know, I'm a high level regionals athlete. I want to work with you. I really need a lot of help learning how to eat. I was like, okay, going to my wedding. Uh, I'll be in touch with you in like a week. And I think she messaged me like every single day for the next week. And um, that was like a forbearing into how Mackenzie worked. And so she and I were just talking by text message all the time. But I really got to know a lot about what was going on in her life, her stresses, um, her performance and things of that nature. And so uh, I started to apply it to some other clients. And sure enough, people that were struggling were starting to make progress. And I think what happens is with like a once a week check in, you get to this place where, um, you know, I'm going to check in with you, Scott, on Friday. And on I check, you know, Wednesday afternoon and that log is completely empty. But magically on Friday, when I go open it up, it's, it's filled with all these beautiful numbers. And, you know, um, how much of that is accurate then becomes a legitimate question to ask. And so by checking in with you three times a week, it does a couple of things. One is, you know, I'm proactively looking at your logs. Like you can't fake it if you just, you know, try to go in and put, do it a couple of days later. I'm in there like every two to three days. Um, secondly, is I get a real pulse for like what's going on in your life. So it's not just, hey, how's performance? It's like, hey, how's life? What's going on? How's stress? How are you? And I can start to feel, you know, over time when things are off. Um, I had this one conversation with a client and she, I was like, hey, how's it going? She's like, I'm good. And I was like, nope, wrong. Like, Let's go be honest with me. She's like, how did you know? I'm like, well, you know, I, I, I've been talking with you for 12 months now, you know, three times a week. When I get something that's different, somewhere in my brain I registers that this is unique. And so it allows me to have almost like um, 
an intuitive sense of like who and where you are and sense deviation so I can dig a little bit deeper because, you know, nutrition coaching really at the end of the day for most people, not everybody, but for most people is really um, about 50% at most about what you eat. And the other 50% is about what's going on in your life, stress, relationships, and everything else. And so, you know, having that back and forth communication through the style that we use just allows for more of a, um, I'm almost like, I am, I am like your life coach in a sense. I'm your friend. And um, it, it does allow me, I think, to do a better job as your coach. So do you think that's, that's kind of how you're starting to pick up more of the, the some of these elite athletes? You know, we were talking to um, Emma a few weeks ago, yep. and she said that, um, you know, the main reason she picked you was it wasn't just aesthetic, 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 yep. aesthetic. It was more about performance. It was about everything else outside of the gym. Um, and one of the, the things that you that's on your website as well is that, you know, it's about performing as a mother, as performing mm-hmm. outside the gym. Um, you think that's kind of one of the things that people are catching on to not only the elite clients, but some of the some totally. of the just regular. Yeah, for sure. I think especially sort of like the, for that non elite demographic people that we work with, it's um, it's giving them another sort of way to look at nutrition as opposed to just about weight loss you know for so many people that's been the only goal for so long that's an emotionally exhausting thing to deal with you know 10 11 months of the year uh for i don't know maybe a decade if not longer and so all of a sudden helping helping them you know to reframe that question or that objective from this you know this piece of equipment that literally just measures gravity to how do you feel? How are you performing? How's your energy for life? What's your sleep like? And using those as metrics of measuring progress and not just that scale can be refreshing. And what's amazing about (laughs) about that is that not every time, but a lot of the times when you start to focus on those things, that scale almost kind of takes care of itself or, you know, more, more accurately, like a body recomposition will occur where hey, I thought I had to be 150 pounds to look the way I wanted. Next thing you know, they're there at like 160. And they're like, yeah, you know, I feel really confident in my skin. Uh, I can go to the beach and not, you know, think about it the same way that I used to. Oh, and by the way, I just back squatted 250 pounds. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) that's, that's just a different way of framing things. And for me, it just, it fits with what I want to put onto the world. Because I've worked with enough clients that that think that they're gonna be happy when they hit a certain weight, right? Or when they get a six pack for the first time. And yeah, I can absolutely deliver that. But more times than not, one of two things happens. They get there and they're still relatively unhappy with whatever is going on. And they're not you know, thrilled despite the fact that they've hit this number on the scale. Or two, they get there and they're like, yeah, but I've had to give up so much shit to get here. You know, I can't go out with my friends and family. I'm not having any, you know, alcoholic beverages, which I want to have a glass of red wine every once in a while. And, you know, they, they realize like, shit, this really wasn't worth it. And so, you know, for me, having done that approach and helped that people that way, like I would just rather focus on other aspects and be about really making people happy more than trying to reach some number on a scale. I love that concept so much because, um, when I started CrossFit, I started at over 500 pounds and uh, lost 250 ish pounds. And um, I gave up so much to get there. Yep. 
And then yep. I had a back injury and it all, and then it started coming back on and now I'm back on the trail to get back, but I'm, I'm doing it in a different way, right. which makes more sense, more yep. balanced, um, not giving up carbs, yep. um, and enjoying what I'm eating almost and doing well. Yeah, completely. I think that makes such a difference, right? Like for me, nutrition has to be sustainable and there are tons of programs out there that will work for three months, right? But if it doesn't fit with what's going to work for you long-term, it's ultimately probably going to be temporary results. You know, it, like I, I always use the phrase, like, I don't care what your three month transformation photo looks like, unless I can see what you look like three months after that, you know, and if you ate, you know, 10% below your resting metabolic rate to get there, great. But like, you're never going to make that last, <laughs> right? Either you're going to get hurt, burned out, and then you're going to be right back where you started. And it's the same thing. Like if you, if you love cookies, like what's the point of generating a diet where you can ne literally never have one? Is that sustainable? Probably not. And you're going to elevate this cookie, which is just literally a piece of like butter and sugar and some eggs. You're going to elevate it to like a godlike status in your life. And it's going to have this overarching power on you. And instead of having just one or two, like a normal person would, you're going to have a bag and then you're going to feel like crap. You're going to feel guilty, shame. You're going to go back into this restriction mindset and you start this whole thing all over again. And so it's about, for me, just like pulling back on that and being like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, let's find something that's going to work for you long-term because ultimately that's the only way you're going to keep the progress that you make. So you talk about personalization with the one-on-one -on -one training and is, is that essentially what it is? This is what this person likes to eat. How do I fit it into their diet so they're not giving up that thing that they love the most. It, it, it is a little bit about that, Scott, for sure. The other component of it is sort of like their history, right? So if you come to me and you're like, I've never tracked macro in my entire life and uh, never thought much about food. Like I'm going to be willing to start you in a different place than somebody who comes to me and says, I've spent the last decade trying to lose weight. And for the last three months I've been eating, you know, I've been trying to eat 1200 calories a day, less than 50 grams of carbs but I'm spinning out every weekend and having 3000, 4,000 calorie, you know, binge eating cycles. Like that's a, those two people might ultimately need the same sort of nutritional plan, but we're going to start them from totally different locations. You know what I mean? Gotcha. One person, I'm going to be fine with saying like, Hey, here's your plan. Like, let's go get it. The other person it's like, Nope, we need to break the cycles that we were just talking about. Like this binge, you know, guilt restrict cycle and say, we're going to eat more food try to get you out of this vicious loop and repair maybe your, maybe your metabolic health, but more realistically, your relationship with food. And then from there, we can start to actually worry about everything else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's awesome. That's like, that's personalization for me. So how difficult, so you kind of got into this with you working on yourself and then Tasia and all the other athletes that kind of came to you. Yeah. How did you morph that into the everyday mom who yeah. just wanted to, to feel better when she was working around the house? Yeah, great question. So I think ultimately um, the principles still apply, right? So align your actions to your goals <laughs> and align your expectations to your actions, right? So if I want to feel better, look better, you know, um, in a bathing suit, have more energy to be mom or dad um, and go to training the gym five days a week, then I want to align my actions to it. If I want to go compete at the CrossFit Games, I need to align my actions to it. 
And so it's the same basic principles of saying like, um, we, we need to do as much in our life as possible to kind of reach our goals while making it sustainable, right? So reaching the CrossFit games is approaching 99th percentile status, right? Maybe even higher. And so unless you, unless you come from an extraordinarily gifted position, and even nowadays, you probably still need to apply focus on top of that. Like you have to apply 99% focus to get there. If somebody has a goal of being a good mom, you know, having energy to do that job, go work, you know, uh, exercise and things like that, then we, we can apply the same approaches, but it'll provide a little bit more leeway, right? And so I think it's super important for people to know that they don't need to be 99% compliant all the time to reach their results. But 85% is a lot, like we'll get most of the job done. I like to use the, like the analogy of a language, right? So if you want to be 80% proficient in whatever, Spanish, French, German, it might take you a couple of years to really become like good at that, right? 80%. If you want to become truly fluent in a language, it's going to be a decade or more of studying that language, right? right. Same thing with your nutrition. If you want to achieve elite aesthetics, elite uh, performance, elite levels of health, you need to apply 99% effort for a long period of time to get there. But as a mom or a dad who's just looking to be better and you know, perform in life, 85%, which is six days out of the week, six out of seven, that gets the job done for most individuals. You know, So same principles, just a different level of focus. We're going to take a short break from our interview to tell you about our newest sponsor, Up Before You Coffee. They are an amazing coffee. It is delicious, has different little notes of chocolate and things like that. Um, and it's really clean and crisp uh, when you drink it in the morning. Uh, but they have a light roast. Uh, they also have a medium roast, as you can see there. Um, we are so excited about the sponsor sponsorship. Uh, if you use Clydesdale 20, all caps, Clydesdale 20, you can get 20% off your order. Just go to upbeforeyou.com and uh, order your coffee. It's delicious. You'll love it. So we, like I said, we've had a lot of your athletes on. Um, I actually go to Christy O'Connell's gym and I know she oh, just nice. signed with you. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I know I've seen her body composition change a lot in the last year. Yes. So, yeah, so awesome. She's an amazing human being. She is. I love her. She's, she's such a, an amazing coach and um, mm -hmm. so glad I'm at her gym right now. So we actually had Emma and we had Annika on in the last couple of weeks. Yep. Um, we've had both of them on twice. So like a year <laughs> ago we met them and sure. And Emma was a 15 year old, going to be 16 and needed to get strong. Yep. Annika yep. was 16 going on 17 and needed to build an engine. Mm -hmm. So you have these two athletes that have those, these different goals. How do you, how do you work with them? Is it much different in nutrition or is it kind of the same nutrition, just a different goal in the gym? Yeah. Um, great question. So, um, just thinking about those two athletes, like the end of the day, it's actually not dramatically different of a nutritional program. It's more on the training side of things. 
So both of them are eating to maximize muscle protein synthesis, which is roughly in the range of like one gram of protein per pound of body weight. You know, um, you would think getting stronger, more protein. Sadly not, there's sort of like a cap to that process. So, you know, Emma sits somewhere between like 135 to 150. Um, the rest of it comes down to making sure their hormonal health is okay. So eating enough uh, dietary fat to make sure that they're uh, supporting all of those critically important hormones that a 16 and 17 year old needs, never mind a, a 39 year old male. Right. Uh, and then the other aspect of it is just total volume based around uh, how many carbohydrates that they're going to eat. So, you know, Emma does like five to six hours of training a day. Like she needs a lot, like a lot of fuel for all of that volume. You know, Annika um, doing a ton of engine building. So a lot of going long, a lot of running, a lot of burpees. Um, so much of her training is not like, you know, two, three reps rest, two, three reps rest. It's um, going for a while at like that aerobic pace. And so she needs fuel for a different reason, right? right. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not dramatically different. It's just supporting their overall nutritional needs. Um, and in Emma's case, really making sure that she's eating to caloric excess so that she can build more muscle, right? That's probably the big difference between the two of them is like Emma need, needed to gain some weight. <laughs> you know, Annika is already like, for lack of a better term, like she's a full grown woman. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, not to say that Emma isn't, but it's just different, different, different growth curves in life. And, you know, um, that was like the only major difference that would come to mind for me. You know, it, it blows me away because you look at, they were on opposite ends of the spectrum and they've yep. both kind of come yeah. to meet each other in like where they're good at everything now. And, oh God, you know, insane. Emma's strength numbers have shot up to Annika's, Annika or Annika's engine has gotten so much better. Yep. It's, it's such a cool process to see. Yeah, like there are always right like natural sort of tendencies for like each of them. Like like Annika's like a beast. Like she literally never trains strength. And I think she pulled like a 270-ish, like four front squat out, you know, like she never does squats. And she just was like, okay, sure. Like 270, put on the bar, boom, let's go. You know, Emma, like she had an amazing number, like 256, 258. But like, she's been working on that every single day for a year, you know? Whereas Emma, like, I think she could probably, I think she ran like a 550 mile, like without ever training it for Annika to reach that number, she's going to have to work on it every single day, you know? So Charles, I didn't, I apologize. I didn't mean to. Oh, no, no, you didn't. I was just saying Mal, Mal's kind of right in the middle. Oh just, yeah. A monster on both ends. Yeah. Mal, Mal's a, you know, Mal probably skews a little bit towards more towards Emma, but she's got that natural strength capacity. That's like, you know, unlike that's just hard to kind of build her movement. is is insane as well. Being the gymnast that she was earlier in life, like, man, if there's one sport to put your kids in for at least a while, it is gymnastics because it is such an advantage and just spatial awareness that, that they bring to everything else they do. <laughs> yeah. So it's just so funny to see that yeah. leaderboard of, you know, oh my God. Your, you guys posted that all of your athletes that are up there and funny, most of them are teens, but um, <laughs> they were up there, which is took, great for the sport. To jump forward, man. You know, I remember last year in the open, Emma got really hit by like 205 pound cleans right like there was a workout with i think 205 pounds on the barbell for cleans and she just like you know didn't get it done and now like the maybe like a week or two before the open i think it was she's like yeah i did a complex with nine cleans at i think it was 205 or 210 i'm like you just did 10 unbroken last year you couldn't do like two like what is happening you know um 
but yeah, it's amazing. And then you have on the other end of the spectrum, right? Like you were talking about Christy. Christy's 32, you know, ish yeah. years old. And um, Amanda. Yeah, exactly. Amanda's 30. But like with Christy, especially like she's gone through, through so much of her career, in my opinion, under fueling. And I think she'd admit that now after a month or so of working with me. And it's crazy how fast you can make a prog make progress in, in such an incredibly well-developed athlete, right? Like you would think there's not that much more room for growth until you start to apply nutritional focus. And like, you know, without giving her whole story away, we're eating close, close to like 800 more calories, maybe a thousand more calories per day than she was a month ago. And like body composition's leaner. Like she just hit like a 300 back squat for five. I think it's her first back squat mm -hmm. PR in a long time. Like energy levels through the roof, noticing a difference in attitude, like emotional status and things like that. And um, it just goes to show you like she's she was already like one of the best ever. You know what I mean? But you apply some nutritional focus and it can get even better, which is super scary. <laughs> yeah, she actually, she walks, she walked by me the other day leaving the gym and she goes, I ate so much food now. <laughs> and she had like she had like stacks of vegetables that she was taking home um to eat but uh yeah, yeah. she's eating a lot yeah I, i've convinced her that vegetables are not everything in life though so i've got her doing some like, powdered carbohydrates we've got some dense carbs in her life we got some oatmeal going on so you know that old endurance athlete mentality is, uh, is starting to change a little bit you know those those denser carbs are are, are making an appearance now <laughs> awesome so let's talk about, you can't do all this alone now, now that you've grown this big, yes. you know, that would spread you way too thin. So you have a coaching staff yep. that are getting to be pretty well known around the CrossFit circles. Sure. Um, how many coaches do you have on staff now? About 16 or so. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So 16 coaches and a, a couple of administrative people that handle the business side and make all of our coaches lives easier that um, we can't go without thanking them as well. But yeah, it's like in grand total, we're approaching 20, 20 total people within M2. And do you still coach yourself? Oh yeah, for sure. I love it. You know, um, I've had opportunities, of course, to like kind of grow M2 in other ways, you know, uh, outside financing and stuff like that. And I didn't want this to become like, I started coaching cause I love it. Like it's so much fun. And I did not want this just to become something that ultimately got back to a place of a job that I didn't enjoy. And so I'll always coach at M2, like no matter, no matter what, um, I probably have about 50 clients right now. Some of them, are, you know, a lot of them are elite athletes, but I would say more than 50% are not. They're just average folks that like we talked about earlier, they want to, you know, live better lives, have more energy, um, feel more confident in a bathing suit, whatever. So yeah, I still coach. <laughs> so this is a big question. Um, what are some of the biggest myths you have to dispel whenever you have a new client come on? Yeah. Oh man. Um, carbs are the enemy or carbs are, carbs are why we are fat. Um, that's a big, big, big one where like people just love to blame those as sort of the reasons. Um, that's, that's probably the biggest one. We've been so conditioned. It's funny, right? It used to be fat. Dietary fat was the devil. And for the last 15, 20 years, especially within the CrossFit space now, it's definitely been the carbs. And so getting people to recognize that those are uh, your friend and not the enemy. And that it basically comes down to, you know, not avoiding food groups, but just creating balance over time is sort of like the number one thing. Um, number two would be the importance of sleep for sure. So like nutrition coaching, you know, 50% nutrition, for sure, the next like major component becomes sleep. It's so, so, so important. And I think 
I think our society has sort of like gone to this place of um, like valuing, like pushing so hard all the time. And I'm so tough that I don't need eight hours of sleep per night. And it's like, no, bull crap. Like absolutely nonsense. I just listened to uh, a sleep expert talk at Power Monkey Camp last week. Uh, Allison, she's a major in the army. She's absolutely amazing. She, you guys should have her on. She's like, oh my God, she's amazing. And she was talking about the importance of sleep and how it's all these critically you know, important things and just drove home for me why it is so, so, so important to teach clients to sleep. So that'd be the second one for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. The carb thing was a big one for me. It took, it took a while to kind of beat that out of me, not literally, but you know, yeah. um, well, it just was stuck it, there. And, and I think right. how upset were you when the level one at CrossFit is now adding in like the ketogenic diet and as, uh, a, as an option? Yeah. You know, man, it's difficult, right? So within the, within the space of CrossFit, it's just, it fits, it's sort of like, um, it's so contrasting to what like the style of training needs, you know, um, anytime you go above 65% of your VO2 max, which is pretty much every CrossFit workout minus like strength, <laughs> that entire, your entire muscular performance comes from the use of glucose, which is the breakdown product from carbohydrate. And so your, your body needs it in that state and it's going to get it one way or the other. Either you provide it from your diet or the only other option for that is it's going to take your muscle, it's going to break it down and it's going to convert the amino acids and it's going to turn them into glucose. So it will literally turn your muscle into essentially carbohydrates to run those processes if you don't, you know, if you don't get them from your diet. And so it just seems so counterproductive to a, uh, uh, a training methodology that's about building lean muscle mass. It's about high intensity training to not embrace appropriately balanced carbohydrates. And I get it. Like, you know, some of the, some of the people that they're speaking to might only go to the gym three days a week and, you know, they're focused on basic movements and things like that, but you still don't need to avoid an entire food group to make process. And that's really what it comes down to is like, you're literally avoiding all forms of carbohydrate and it's not like that's man it's you know listen within the united states we absolutely have an issue with eating people eating too many calories and drinking you know ultra processed you know sodas and things like that there's no debating that there's no argue about that but what it comes down to is like is it really a path to long-term success to say you can never have more than 50 grams of carbohydrates in a day it's um I don't think it's a way forward for 99% of people, you know? So if I wanted to sign up with you, what would the process be? For sure. So uh, on our website, uh, we have a contact us form, uh, basically going to just tell us a little bit about yourself and we'll reach out and sort of describe the process to you. Uh, basically our coaching system is three check-ins per week, uh, mostly via text message or for international clients like WhatsApp or something like that. Um, and once you decide that you want to sign up, we're going to give you somewhere between like 30 to 50 questions, depending upon if you're a man or a woman, et cetera. Uh, and we use those, those questions to get to know you as best as we possibly can. Um, so age, height, weight, desired body weight, how much you're training, sleep, your job, your stress level, medical history, uh, supplementation, stress levels, uh, how much you move throughout the day outside of your training. 
And all of those questions are going to be um, analyzed by me, uh, first off, to decide who's the best coach for you within M2. So, you know, are you a new mom? Are you a performance-based athlete? Uh, are you looking to lose large amounts of body weight? And uh, based upon that global picture, we'll assign you the coach that's best suited for you. Uh, that coach goes in, takes a look at those answers, and they design a personalized nutrition plan. So for most people that we work with, that's going to be you know macronutrient focused. So how much protein, fat, and carbs we want you to hit on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, we'll talk about breakdown in how to distribute those for throughout the day, especially for people that are performance oriented. I'll make recommendations on sleep. Uh, we may talk about supplements if it's the right person. You know, we don't just try to push a pharmacy of, of creatine and, you know, beta alanine at everybody that comes through the door. Uh, and then stress management suggestions and really just try to personalize that plan as much as we possibly can for you. Uh, you get that plan. And then that coach, like I said, is going to start checking in with you three times a week. They'll have proactively already re uh, reviewed your food logs. So let's say it's tomorrow, Wednesday. You know, me and all my coaches are going in and we're going to look at Scott's food log on Monday. We're going to look at it on Tuesday. We're going to say, did he hit his numbers? If he did, great. Is the food quality there? Or is he, you know, playing games with Pop-Tarts and, you know, protein <laughs> shakes to make it, make it work? Um, and if it isn't, it's not about beating anybody up. I'm not going to go yell at you and be like, what the, what the hell's wrong with you? Why didn't you hit your numbers? It's, hey, are you doing okay? Just want to make sure everything was all right there. And then trying to figure out how we can uh, make small changes to make ultimately a big a big step in the right direction. So that back and forth communication just allows us to intelligently make adjustments for the long term. So when you're looking at like a time frame for that, um, what, do you, what do you suggest in terms of when people start noticing? Because you know people say, totally, uh, it's not working after a week. Um, oh my god! I may yeah. have texted you that. Who really knows? <laughs> but uh, what? Uh, so what's kind of a good yeah. judge of? Of that four weeks, two weeks. Yeah, so we 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 require three month commitment um, for the program, and the reason why is because you know we really do believe that generating habits that are going to last for a while requires more than you know more than a month or two. And as it relates to making progress, it kind of depends on where you are in your journey, right? So, you know, Charles, if you come to me and you're like, you know, you're pretty good with your nutrition, you've been eating enough food. Uh, you're a male. <laughs> I can I can probably make progress with you within a couple of weeks. You know what I mean? You'll start to see things trending in the right direction, or you know, at least giving you information to make adjustments to get us there. You know, if, if we have a client who's um, already lost, like like Scott's story, let's say he's already lost a lot of weight and he's plateaued now, and, but he's only eating, let's say he's only eating 1,500 calories a day. You know, hypothetically. Like, where, what are my options in that situation? Okay, you're gonna need a thousand calories a day now. Like, you know, that's not gonna work long-term. So in his situation, progress for him, it might be like, let's let's work on a reverse diet approach, get him getting eating more and more food while keeping the same body weight. You know, um, making sure that any, what we call adaptive thermogenesis, which is a fancy term for basically a slowed down metabolism, that we can reverse that process, get him back to a strong metabolic place, build some lean muscle mass, uh, which will increase his meta metabolic rate, et cetera. And then we push the, the pedal on further weight loss, right? And so his journey towards progress, at least on a scale metric, might be three months before he starts to see things trending in the right direction, you know? Um, 
it really comes down to one, how you measure progress. Like for me, are you happier? Are you healthier? Um, or is it just focused on the scale? Those things are going to determine what progress is and then where you're coming to in your, in your nutritional journey. So hard to say for sure, but I can guarantee you that anybody that wants to see results in one week, um, we're going to try to realign their expectations. <laughs> and if we can't, they're not a good client for us. They should go somewhere else. And so if you're going to do a reverse diet with somebody, mm -hmm. do you have them weigh in a bunch or do you just have them like not look at that because that's Man. not the goal right now? Yeah. Great question. Um, if they, if they can, the scale is definitely helpful in that situation if they can stay objective about it. Right. You know, especially so for women, it's really hard, right? If they have an active menstrual cycle, that's so hard. Like two, like the worst time to start working with a new female client is two weeks before her period comes because she is going to gain three to five pounds of water weight, but she's going to look at me, Hey, you're eat, you increase my macros. I'm up three to five pounds. And I'm going, no, you didn't overeat by 15,000 calories. I promise everything's okay. Um, but you know, it's a hard place to be mentally. And so uh, the scale in that situation can be counterproductive from an emotional point of view. But if we can separate ourselves from that scale, then yeah, it is, it is a helpful tool um, to say, are we, are we balancing things out? A couple of pounds of weight gain, totally normal, right? Like you're replenishing muscle glycogen that requires water to saturate it in the body. Um, you know, you may finally be getting some good hormonal activity for the first time in a while, which can also cause some water weight retention. All of these things are acceptable. Um, beyond that, if you are seeing weight gain, then you have to think about, okay, like, are we actually already at your, you know, your metabolic, uh, you know, neutral zone and we can start to play with it, play with a cut from there, or like maybe they're not tracking accurately and you gotta, you gotta dig into it a little bit. Um, but yeah, great tool, but man, it, it does a number on people's mentality, right? Yeah. Any, any big goals for M2 going forward? Yeah. Um, good, great question. So we just launched a education program in 2020. That was my, um, that was my COVID, <laughs> my COVID, uh, what, what do you want to call it? Um, goal was to create that program. So uh, for years, people have been asking, how do we get certified in the M2 methodology? And uh, I always said, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. Like reason why was I saw all these other kind of like pay to play programs out there you know, sort of like a CrossFit level one to an extent, like you pay your thousand dollars, you go to a weekend, you pass your tests and you're off and running. And I really didn't want that. Like M2 in my name is really valuable. That's like what I value most. Um, but somebody kind of challenged that and said, well, how would you make an education program that you were proud of? And I said that it would be at least four courses, if not five, um, you know, covering gut biology, hormonal health, metabolism, and how to actually be a nutrition coach. And they said, okay, do it. Like we'll just price it out accordingly. And so um, I built it and so far it's been a resounding success, but it's only our first go through. And so, um, you know, it's, it's really what I want to do next. Like there are only so many coaches that I'll ever bring on to M2 and M2 may only get so large from a, a truly, you know, one-on-one -on -one client perspective. Um, and so there's a limit to how many people that we can truly impact within the nutritional world or the fitness world with how we think should things should be done but you, if I train somebody, if I coach somebody on how we do things and then they can go out into the world and impact another 20 people, you know, and then I train another person, like the, the web of influence starts to get larger and larger. And hopefully we can start to have an, a true, you know, meaningful impact within this space to tell people that, you know, they're more than just a number on a scale. Um, even that they're more than how many abs they have. You know, I always say like, 
nobody really cares if you snatch 225, if you have, you know, two abs or six, if you're an asshole that day, like, because you were hungry, like they're going to remember that, you know? And so for us, it's like coming back to that basic principle of like, let's create a new nutrition program that allows you to fuel your life and be, you know, to, to feel satisfied, right. In more ways than one. And uh, I want to spread that message and an education program is really the best way to do it. And so that's where we're, that's where I'm putting a lot of my effort moving forward. That's really cool. So what we're going to do now is we're going to finish up with some rapid fire questions. Yeah. Uh, this, this is going to be just more for fun. And so what's going to happen is Charlie's going to start it off and then we'll go back and <laughs> forth until we get through the 10 questions. All right. All right. What is your favorite thing to do to relax? Ooh, uh, rock climb. What is your favorite carb? Uh, donuts. Does that count? Yeah, donuts. <laughs> what flavor? Uh, oh, man. Uh, dark chocolate sea salt from Holy Donut in Portland, Maine. Mm. Oh, yeah. Uh, morning person or evening person? Morning, yeah. Especially since having a daughter. Definitely morning person. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite CrossFit movement? Oh, power clean or handstand push-up tie. <laughs> My guy. <laughs> yeah. uh bike or run oh bike all day yeah running's only if a polar bear's chasing me i live in new hampshire <laughs> so it's cold up here <laughs> we're not talking about assault bike are we <laughs> no a c2 biker that's that's where my life is at <laughs> there you go. favorite place you've ever visited oh man uh yosemite that was the most beautiful place i've ever seen on planet earth it was incredible Dogs or cats? Oh, dogs. I've had both, but dogs dogs win. <laughs> Favorite meal you've ever had? Oh, man. Uh, we were in, my wife and I were in uh, Paris at a tiny little hole in the wall restaurant. And the, the owner came out. We were the only people there by some weird, weird experience. And she made us the most incredible meal I've ever had in my entire life. It's like seven courses, red wine up the wazoo. It was, oh. I'll never forget it. <laughs> That's great. For sure. For uh, sure. Your favorite workout song. Ooh, favorite workout song. Uh, I'll, I, I don't know that I really have one, but I have a favorite memory. So back at the sectionals in whatever it was, 2010, um, they made us do 800 meter run, 30 snatches at 115, 800 meter run. And as I came back in the door from the first 800 meter run, um, the opening theme song from um, The Departed the mm. came on. And so it was like, you know, it's like bagpipes going and everyone's going crazy and stuff. And so that's like a memory that came to mind. I can't remember the name of the song right now, but uh, yeah, it got me fired up. I think it had 15 Unbroken and then died hard. <laughs> <laughs> that Rookie sounds move. like every one of Charlie and I's workouts. Every, every move. Oh man, what an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how awesome do you feel when a client reaches their goals? Oh, dude, it's the best. It's the absolute best. Um, two really quick stories, uh, helping multiple clients that were struggling to conceive, you know, align their nutrition and something that they thought wasn't going to be possible for them. All of a sudden they, they make happen. Um, it usually goes uh, husband and then me immediately afterwards, as far as the telling of the story goes for sure. And then on the performance side, um, I'll never forget watching Tasia or Mackenzie 
my first two elite female athletes qualify for the games the first time. Uh, Tasia, I had to watch on TV, but Mackenzie, I was literally seven feet away as she crossed the finish line. And uh, in both cases, it was just like tears of joy and happiness for them running down my face. Like, yeah, nothing better, nothing better. Well, Mike, that was a fun hour. Um, yeah, man, that was a blast. You're, you're off the hook with the rapid fire. and <laughs> <laughs> You guys are awesome. I really appreciate the, the line of questions. And um, thanks for supporting all the athletes that you do and that we work with, especially. Well, thank you for being on. Uh, it, was a, it was a very informational and very educational um, hour. And I hope a lot of people got something out of it. Yeah, me too. And uh, yeah, anytime, guys, this has, been a, this has been a blast. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends in partnership with The Morning Chalk Up. Please consider giving us a five-star rating and leaving us a review. It really helps our podcast. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next week on the Clydesdale Fitness and Friends.